0: from the heart of our nation's capital here's family research council president tony perkins thanks for tuning in and making washington watch part of your day well
1: coming up on this thursday edition winter storms may bookend the week here in washington dc so despite a late arrival congress is working to wrap up business today and get out of town before the next storm arrives we'll get the latest from capitol hill little bit later. And the world's elite gathered once again in Davos, Switzerland this week, where the top concern was the economy, right? No. Uh, global conflict? No. Controlling what they call disinformation.
0: For the global business community,
2: the top concern for the next two years is not conflict or climate. It is disinformation and misinformation.
1: That was European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen. Now, that almost sounds like an audio reading from George Orwell's 1984. Uh, Larry Taunton, executive director of the Fixed Point Foundation, attended the forum to see what was going on, and he joins us in just a moment to tell us about it. The House Homeland Security Committee held a hearing yesterday on safeguarding dissident voices from foreign regimes here in the United States. Transnational repression
3: will continue to be used as a tool to silence views that run afoul to those of autocratic governments if all branches of our government do not step up and work to solve this challenge. We must find a way to effectively deter nation-states
1: from engaging in transnational repression. That was committee chairman, Texas Congressman August Pfluger. Uh, You know, what this is, you have people fleeing to the United States, who are being persecuted abroad, and the long arm of those repressive repressive regimes track them down here, like China and Iran. FRC's Bob Food testified before the committee, and he joins me later here in studio. And then there was sloppy Joe. I, I mean, morning Joe.
0: And he's got Ben Carson out there. You know, comparing him to the second coming of Jesus, too. Like, it just, it, it, do, we, do we, Alex, do we have that Ben Carson oh my thing gosh. where it just,
4: the it's just uh, it, a biblical uh,
1: him to King David, a man
0: after God's I mean, own heart.
1: Well, following Donald Trump's historic victory in the Iowa caucuses on Monday night and the fact that evangelical voters made it possible, MSNBC and the rest of the leftist media has. Come unglued.
0: All the things that we think about—about about electability, about you know what are people gaming out—or mm-hmm. none of that matters when you believe that God has given you this country, that it is yours, and that everyone who is not a white conservative Christian is a is a fraudulent American.
1: That was MSNBC's Joy Reed. Well, expect this Christian bashing to uh, to last for the next ten months. Dr. Ben Carson, who last time I checked was actually white, but is a Christian, joins me later. Our word for today comes from Genesis chapter 42. If you are honest men, let one of your brothers be confined to your prison house, but you go and carry grain for the famine of your houses. Then they said to one another, We are truly guilty concerning our brother, for we saw the anguish of his soul when he pleaded with us, and we would not hear. Therefore, this distress has come upon us." And Reuben answered them, saying, Did I not speak to you, saying, Do not sin against the boy? And you would not listen. Therefore, behold, his blood is now required of us. Joseph's brothers were living in fear of their circumstances because of the guilt of unconfessed sin. Why was it unconfessed? The same reason they committed the act of selling their brother into slavery. They didn't fear or reverence God. When you do not fear God we live in fear of everything else. Fear of man, fear of events, fear of life, just plain fear. To join us in our journey through the Bible, go to frc.org slash Bible. I also want to invite you to join us for the National Gathering for Prayer and Repentance here in Washington, D.C., Wednesday, January 31st, 7.30 a.m. in the morning at the Museum of the Bible. To find out how you can join us, uh, even online, go to PrayDC.org. That's PrayDC.org. Well, it is January, so that means the leftist cadre of politicians, CEOs, and billionaires have gathered in Davos, Switzerland, for the 54th annual World Economic Forum. The ongoing wars in Gaza and Ukraine loom over this year's proceedings, but the world leaders who flew by private jet, followed by a private helicopter ride to the sleepy ski town in the Alps have much to say about climate change, as well as their new favorite panic item, misinformation. Now, what else is among the was among the chatter of the self-described elite? Well, joining me now to discuss this is author, columnist, and executive director of the Fixed Point Foundation, Larry Taunton, who uh, kind of crashed the forum this week. Larry, welcome back to Washington Watch. Good to see you.
3: It's good to see you, Tony.
1: So uh, first, let me just ask you a question. Why Davos, Switzerland? Why not uh, Detroit, Michigan or Los Angeles, California?
3: You know, that is a question everybody asks who doesn't fly a private jet, because I have to tell you, it is not an easy place to get to. Uh, You know, I would have preferred that they had held it in Atlanta, but they didn't ask me. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so, give us a glimpse of uh, of what you saw this year at the World Economic Forum.
3: Yeah, well, um, you know, it's interesting, Tony. About seventy percent of the WEF, and they say the WEF, the the World Economic Forum presentations, uh, sessions are online. But I think it's that other thirty percent that are that are very important and uh also i really feel it's important to get a feel for the you know the ethos of something like this and with that in mind i go and i just kind of move among the uh the wefers and engage them in conversation and it's endlessly fascinating but one of the things that really comes through to me tony is that um I, there wasn't any mention of these farm uprisings these farmers that are You know, they're uh, protesting all over Europe and have done so uh, in Canada uh, as well. There's no mention of any of that. Uh, There's a great focus on Ukraine. There's a great focus on Putin. And though it is unspoken, there is a great focus and, dare I say, anxiety about Donald Trump.
1: Mm -hmm. It's interesting. I saw, uh, I guess it was uh, not quite two weeks ago— Uh, The Economic Forum released their survey of uh, concerns, top ten concerns, and the the top one was uh, misinformation, disinformation, second, extreme weather. Uh, Third, societal polarization, fourth, cyber insecurity, uh, and on down with uh, economic downturn being number nine. And I was just comparing the exit polling from the voters in Iowa. It was almost the exact opposite. Their biggest concern—in fact, um, migration was uh, number eight for the World Economic Forum. That was the number one issue. Uh, when it came to the voters in in Iowa, which I think is a snapshot of what people are feeling, uh, thinking in America, followed by the economy. Doesn't seem to be affecting those folks in uh, Davos.
3: No, and it's because, as you might expect, Tony, there's a tremendous um, uh, disconnect uh, with these people, with the way they live, with, um, you know, some of them have been in government for decades. I mean, take somebody like, like John Kerry. I mean, he has no idea what life is like for ordinary people around the world. Now, uh, one of the news items that really captured the WEF this week was um, just, I, I think it was yesterday. Uh, that the new uh, president of Argentina, Javier uh, Malay, uh, he came and gave them a piece of his mind. And he, he represents populists, not just in Argentina. He's become something of a rock star, uh, really, with with uh, common people all over the world. But he was invited to speak, and he didn't waste the opportunity to tell them what he really thinks.
1: Yeah, I, I saw you, uh, you've been commenting on him in social media, but I saw he actually flew commercial. Uh, to To get did, there, yes, and and he he is kind of like another version of, uh, of of Donald Trump. I mean, he's just uh, he, he's bringing a perspective that I think is reflective of a lot of people. I mean, he was going after socialism. I mean, he was hitting this stuff pretty hard.
3: Yeah, he really was. Uh, it's interesting. He's even borrowed Donald Trump's phrase. He says, "Make Argentina great again." And uh, you know, I I as a historian, I I can't recall when that golden age. Uh, in Argentinian <laughs> history was, <one>. but but <laughs> but but his point is nonetheless made, and that is to say, at least make Argentina Argentina a place that is free from globalists, free from their anti-human agenda, and that's something I would really want your listeners, your viewers, to understand. Tony, is that the the WEF is fundamentally anti. Human. And when they start talking about misinformation and disinformation, that, that's just code. That's just Orwellian speak yeah. for ending free speech. And their primary target is to go after X or Twitter.
1: Right. And I, I, I saw, uh, speaking of control, silencing, World Health Organization. Uh, Secretary General Tedros was there. And, of course, they want to clamp down on anyone who would challenge uh, their global power grab when it comes to uh, pandemics and health crises and emergencies and such. Uh, You you mentioned about being on the ground there, being able to have the conversations and and hear what people are saying that you don't get when you're watching online. What were some of the buzzwords that uh, you heard as you were engaging in conversations there?
3: Well, interestingly, uh, Tony, the, the feeling you get when you engage with them is that they're absolutely clueless. I, that, that's my buzzword for them. It isn't one <laughs> they use for themselves, but it is one that I will use and apply to them. Clueless. I, I don't. They, they don't seem to even really be aware that there are people who don't agree with what they're doing. And it was interesting because when you hear them talk about Um, you know, say a place like Twitter, which they refer to as toxic, that is one of their their buzzwords. What they really mean by that is any place as toxic that, 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 there are people there who dissent with them. So here I am in their midst, Tony, and you kind of have to picture this. They assume I'm a weffer just like they are. And then when I begin to push back on, you know, the globalist agenda just a little bit, you can see they don't really even know how to respond to me because they're they're in safe spaces all the time. They're never challenged. yeah, it's kind of the accusation against Christians forever, you know, that you live in the family life center and you don't actually gauge any unbelievers. Well, that's what these people are, except they're members of a godless, secular cult.
1: Right. Well, speaking of it, we've got about a minute left. Um, d- does faith play into what takes place there at the forum? Is, is that even acknowledged?
3: Not at all. Not at all. Well, But but I will say this. Uh, they, they're they very clever about inviting people um, with whom they might disagree in an effort to give the impression that they are listening to dissenting voices. Mm-hmm. But I assure you, they are not. Yeah. They're only listening to them, each other.
1: Well, uh, Larry Ton, I want to thank you for uh, taking time to join us as you're on your way back to the States, always interested in your perspective, what you're picking up when you're on the ground over there.
3: Uh, listen, it's great to be with you, Tony. You take care.
1: All right, uh, Larry Taunton. You can find out more. Go to com and follow the links over. All right, I mentioned the World Health Organization, and uh, as we've been talking about all week, there is a comment period on this uh, pandemic accord, at least one portion of it, as it pertains to uh, the pharmaceutical aspects of them clamping down, attacking our national sovereignty you can respond and put in a comment. It uh, it kind of helps slow the process down and raise awareness. So just text the word WHO, who WHO to six seven seven four two. You'll get a link, and then you can uh, make your comment. All right, all right. Don't go away. On the other side of the break, uh, we're going to talk to Bob Fu, who testified before Congress yesterday. That's coming up next on this edition of Washington Watch. Don't go away.
5: Get this free guide at frc.org slash pro to learn more about the important role men play in protecting unborn lives.
1: Welcome back to Washington Watch. Good to have you with us on this uh, Thursday. Again, uh, if you would like to make a comment during this comment period, which ends on Monday regarding the World Health Organization, text the word W-H-O to 67742. We need your voice in, uh, in these important policy matters. And I'm, I'm going to continue to talk about the W-H-O. It is, it's frightening what they are proposing. And it goes in with just what we were talking about with Larry Taunton. It is a, it's this globalist approach, and we have to push back on it, stand against it. Text the word W-H-O. To 67742. All right. Among the many threats to U.S. national security is brazen intimidation by nation states or their proxies. Now, we've seen this over the past year with the secret Chinese police stations on U.S. soil, as well as the Iranian regime's efforts against former U.S. officials. Now, to address transnational oppression in the United States, the House Homeland Security Subcommittee on Counterterrorism, Law Enforcement Intelligence, held a hearing yesterday titled Safeguarding Dissident Voices. And uh, Bob Fu, Family Research Council Senior Fellow for International Religious Freedom, testified before the subcommittee, and he joins me now in studio. Bob, welcome back to the studio. Thank you, Tony, for having me. Happy New Year in New York. Okay, let's, uh, let's talk about uh, yesterday's hearing. You testified regarding the Chinese Communist Party's repression of religious freedom. And it's interesting, during my time on the U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom, as I was having conversations primarily with Uyghurs who were here in the United States, they were fearful of the Chinese government and the agents that they have on this soil. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the uh, while the
2: Communist Party has really persecuted against religious minorities, uh, you know, uh, Uyghurs, uh, Christians, Tibetans, to the worst level we have not seen in 40 years, and uh, their transnational repression effort has also growing rapidly uh, in the past few years. I mean, not only. Uh, they are, you know, engaging, uh, brutal, even kidnapping, you know, from Thailand. Uh, right. to, yeah.
1: Uh, I mean, but also in the U.S., of course. So let's talk about yeah. what's what's happening here in the United States when it comes to uh, those who have fled to this country for mm-hmm. for freedom, how China, the, the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, what are they doing to them here? Oh, the CCP has uh, uh, used
2: its uh, agents and uh, uses its uh, hired thugs uh, by engaging, like, a physical uh, intimidation, harassment to uh, what we call, the, you know, swatting and— uh, yeah. And cyber uh, threats. And, and, and demonstrating in front of people's houses? Yeah, like in, my, like, in, like in your house? case, yeah, like
1: many, for, for over a month?
2: Yeah, over, I mean, uh, two months. Over yeah. two months, uh, my wife and I and our whole family had to be evacuated by the FBI under local law enforcement.
1: But not everybody has the benefit of, uh, of federal protection. So you've got—and uh, in, in, there's so much fear— among those who are here in the United States when they have these Chinese agents pursuing them? Yeah, the only
2: purpose of the CCP is to silence all these voices, these uh, 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 dissident voices in American soil. I mean, we have a a friend who was a former Tiananmen Square students leader in California, and he has a very popular uh, uh, show on the YouTube, critical of the Communist Party, basically, um, when his house was also being besieged preventing his two children from going to school. And, you know, when he reported to the California police and the police knocked his door and said, sir, the so-called protester said, if you shut down your YouTube and uh, be silent,
1: they will leave. That's amazing. Very clear. It's, 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 it's yeah, amazing. Yeah. Um, so what was the outcome in yesterday's hearing? What, uh, what else took place?
2: I hope. I mean, with that uh, bipartisan approach uh, led so by Chairman fluger there
1: was, there, Pfluger, there was yeah, bipartisan sides. concern. Yeah, but from both parties. Yes, they recognize
2: yes. there's a problem. They do. Okay. Yeah, I think uh, both sides of the aisle uh, recognize that. Um, but I did point out, um, you know, my first recommendation is uh, to have the DOJ restore the Trump administration's policy called the China Initiative. That basically gave the law enforcement the sufficient tool to specifically um, you know, sort out and target uh, those uh, perpetrators of the CCP's transnational repression. But uh, almost uh, really a month after this administration came to power, and mysteriously that initiative was canceled. That was a
1: very bad decision. Yeah, we. Uh, that is a whole other topic as to the connections between this administration and the uh, CCP. China. Want that Yeah, yeah. Right, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, Bob, we just got about a minute left. I, I want to ask you about. Uh, la- in fact, last time we were together, it was a, a dinner with Taiwanese officials. The, uh, the The chairman of the parliament uh, was with us. We had dinner, and th- over this past weekend, the Taiwanese people went to the polls, overwhelmingly electing a pro-independence, pro-democracy party, William Lai. Your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, both William Lai and uh, Ambassador B. K. Shaw, with whom you had dinner, too, uh, they won uh, this uh, election. That's a direct rebuke to Beijing by the Taiwanese people because they're not backing down they're not being intimidated by China are they no i mean uh, despite of their military threats you know airplane well, why is that in. did
1: they did they see that do they see more than we do the value of freedom because they live in the shadow of communist China.
2: Oh, they appreciate every day, you know, the kind of freedom uh, under the shadow of a communist threat. Um, every day. Um, they want to appreciate that. They want to say no to the CCP's, uh, pr- uh, you know, pressure and um, uh, threats. So I think that's why, um, against all odds, I mean, the CCP did not even— Uh, I mean, kind of hide their preference to the pro-Beijing candidates and yet
1: the elected William Lay. Final question, Bob. Uh, We're up against this break, but—and I know you work very closely with our Taiwanese friends. Do they feel like America is reliable in this uh, standoff with China?
2: I think uh, both of uh, the, the, uh, the president, William-elect, William Lane, VP-elect, uh, Ambassador Shaw, are um, pro, you know, uh, universal value American, yeah. you know, Nizam, um, uh, the candidates. And uh, they were actually both, uh, like you, sanctioned right. by the Right, I know, I know. The I'm, I'm in the part, well, we, the started, club, we you know. started a club, that's oh, right. Well,
1: I appreciate their courage and I uh, appreciate yours as well. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. All right. Uh, Bob Fu, a member of the FRC team. All right. Don't go away. Speaking of uh, Congress, we're going to get an update from the Hill as uh, Congress works to get out of town. So don't go away. More Washington
0: Watch straight ahead.
1: Welcome back to Washington Watch. Good to have you with us. Well, members of Congress, uh, many of them scrambling to leave Washington before yet another winter storm. But before departing, Congress had to deal with uh, a big issue—continuing a resolution keeping the lights on for government, averting a partial government shutdown Uh, that uh, would come at midnight uh, Friday. It's tomorrow night. But uh, what does that mean? Where does this put us? What's next? Uh, joining me uh, to uh, give us the latest from Capitol Hill is Oklahoma Congressman Kevin Hearn. He serves on the House Ways and Means Committee, and he's the chairman of the Republican Study Committee. He represents the first congressional district of the Sooner State. Congressman, welcome back to the program. Good to see you.
4: Tony, it's great to be with you.
1: All right. So um, this is another CR. That's a, a, a continuing resolution, short-term spending bill. This gets us uh, to the first part of March. W- what's in this?
4: Well, certainly continue to uh, spend at the, the previous levels, uh, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, Joe Biden, policy writers that are all the things that we hate as conservatives, you know, the DEI issues, the uh, abortion travel issues, all these things are in these continued resolutions. That's why it's so important that we actually get our appropriation bills done in order. Uh, ever since I've been here for almost six years, we've talked about regular order. I'm sure you've talked with member after member that said that. Uh, you know, almost you look, 20 years I've been talking about that. Well, if you look at Speaker Johnson, and I know we love football and you guys love LSU football uh but you know he but, really but, got
1: but before I was an LSU fan in Louisiana I was uh, an Oklahoma fan as I grew up there so
4: yeah, I'm partial yeah. To so Oklahoma. you know we you know we we get this and so the analogy I like to use is that you know speaker Johnson uh, was brought in at the uh, 2 minute warning and not in the first half but in the second half and asked to win the game or at least keep it uh, continued so you know we're we're in overtime uh, we tied the game we're in overtime we're continuing but we want to win the game, and winning the game is really getting our budget done on time or early, and getting the appropriations cycled back on time or early, and do that uh, with the the leverage that we don't go home until we do. The yeah. American people are sick and tired of these continuing resolutions. I, I would agree.
1: So, he, so, so March has to be a red line uh, because we we had a um, a CR before. Uh, Christmas, which I supported because I, I, I've seen those omnibus that have come out of those Christmas, uh, you know, uh, backdrop where we've, we've had Congresses back up to the Christmas break. But 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 here's another one: we're continuing kicking the can down the road to March. Will now the House has passed seven of the twelve appropriations bills. Sick, you've got uh, five more to go, but the Senate has to act.
4: Yeah, I think people forget. You know, all attention's on the House because we do have the power of the purse. But you know, we know that you know we like you said we we worked you know fervently all through the last year. Got seven appropriation bills passed uh, out of the House. Um, you know that represented some eighty-one of, uh, percent of government spending. Uh, that was uh, with, under Speaker McCarthy's uh, leadership. And, you know, we also negotiated H.R. Uh, 1, which is our energy policy, H.R. 2, our border policy. And that H.R. 2, that border policy is front and center right now with Senator Langford working on border policy on the Senate side. But we, we've now got to come together, work with our Democrat colleagues on the appropriation bills and get those done between March 1st and March 8th. And it's going to change, we're going to change our schedule. We're going to have to get back here and. And do our part to work that uh, week that we were supposed to be back in our districts. The last week of February, we got to get back up here and work, and we got to make sure we get the appropriations uh, done on time before the next and see our know, uh, hit. And, and and then secondly, is make
1: sure the Senate does their part because if if the House goes through this process and the Senate doesn't, I don't think the House should accept another continuing resolution.
4: Well, that's where I'm at. You know, I've, I've been opposed to him just because I think you know, it's, it's irresponsible, and, and that's my take on it, irresponsible. I came here b- being a fiscal conservative uh, under the, the, the guidance, and the person who got me involved in politics was Senator Tom Coburn, mm-hmm. House uh, Congressman But He used Tom. to
1: track all the wasteful spending. I remember his waste book that he would keep up with all of the frivolous spending that the government
4: was involved in, and it was a thick book. Well, and I think part of the problem is is we don't follow our own laws. I mean, the the nineteen seventy-four budget control act, there's a lot of conversation about we should change it. Well, we shouldn't change something that we're not actually even trying to do. The only thing that prevents us from hitting those deadlines is us. And so, you know, that's my concern as we continue to kick this can down the road, is that we're now, for the American people, we're we're halfway through the twenty to twenty-four yeah. budget season and we're just now doing the appropriations process. We need to get our appropriators working on twenty-five, not still working on Six months left of 24.
1: Yeah. um, good. That's a good point. I mean, if, if we get this done in March, will we have time to meet the deadlines for next year?
4: Well, certainly, as chair of the Republican Study Committee, we're pushing on the budget. Constitutionally, we're supposed to have our budget done by April 15th. We're going to have the RSC budget done by March 15th. And the reason we can do this efficiently, effectively, and early or on time is because we do them year after year. That's the problem with Congress. We don't have any muscle memory of actually doing these. If we actually did these budgets on time and the appropriations on time, we would have the muscle memory and the the ability to do it. Excellent
1: point. It's been so long since it's been done. People don't remember how to do it because so many people here have never seen that process work as it should, as you pointed out. Congressman Kevin Hearn, always great to see you. Thanks so much for uh, giving us an update.
4: Thanks, Tony. Safe travels. All
1: right. Congressman Kevin Hearn of uh, Oklahoma. (sighs) We we really do. We've got to get back to the way government should work. Um, I mean, and it begins with fiscal responsibility. And we have not gone through the regular order and it's been over 20 years since they've gone through the entire process as they should all right don't go away when we come back all right it's that time of year it's uh it's election season and so it's um, according to msnbc christian bashing dr ben carson joins me next here on washington
0: watch don't go away
1: Welcome back to Washington Watch. Good to have you with us. The website, TonyPerkins.com. All right, I, as I was, uh, I haven't mentioned this yet in the program. Uh, we haven't talked about the border today, but uh, it's going to continue to be an issue, and we want to make sure it is addressed. Uh, so help us out. Text the word border to 67742, border to 67742, because we, we want the uh, we want members of Congress to know that this is an important issue for you especially as we move into this election year. And speaking of that, uh, this election, uh, election uh, season is well underway now, with the Iowa caucuses having taken place earlier this week. And the left and the, their legacy media collaborators uh, collaborators have ratcheted up their attacks on Christians who participate in the political process. Now, we've seen this before, right? This is not new. But, but here's what you need to understand. These attacks are designed to silence and intimidate Christians. And as I said many times, courage breeds courage. As followers of Christ, we cannot allow these attacks to, to cause us to shrink back and be silent. We know what is true. We know what is right. And we need to be willing to state that. Join me now to discuss this, this is a man who always stands bold for his faith— Uh, It's been an honor to work with him, especially when he was in the Trump administration as the secretary of housing and urban development. Um, He was a 2016 presidential candidate and before that, a pioneering neurosurgeon at Johns Hopkins. He is now the founder and chairman of the American Cornerstone Institute. He's a great friend, Dr. Ben Carson. Dr. Carson, welcome back to the program.
6: Well, thank you, Tony. It's always good to be with you. And thank you for being so courageous yourself and being a patriot.
1: Well, it's, it's, it's a lot easier when I've got others uh, that are willing to stand. And I, and you've done that. And I've talked about this before. You could have easily left the scene after the Trump administration ended. But uh, you've stepped up and you've started your own uh, organization that's helping teach children uh, about America, instilling patriotic values. Uh, And and you're out there talking, and as a result, uh, you're being attacked by the media. I want to play a clip um, from Joe Scarborough, from uh, Morning Joe, uh, and his attack on you, and I want to allow you to respond to that. Play the clip from uh, Joe Scarborough.
0: And he's got Ben Carson out there. You know, comparing him to the second coming of Jesus too. Like it just it, it do
1: we do we Alex, do we have that Ben Carson? Oh my thing gosh. Where it just it's a
4: biblical
0: uh, uh, compared him
1: to King David, a man after God's I own heart. Um all right, Dr. Carson, what do you say?
6: Well, talk about distortion and lies. First of all, I never compared him to King David. I said, if many of the people who hate and criticize Trump today had been alive at the time of King David, they would have said the same kinds of things about him uh, because of some of the things that he was involved in. But God can use all kinds of different people for different occasions. And uh, that was the context in which it was said. And never said anything about the second coming of Christ or any of these things. I know that that, They just take that... And distorted.
1: That's the one they want to throw in. I've heard that several times, and I've I've not heard anybody uh, talking about that. But it is a distortion. But this is the the leftist media, and you talk about disinformation. I mean, this is this is the ones who want a, a corner on the market when it comes to telling the American people what's going on.
6: Well, also bear in mind when you're talking about Marxism, and a lot of their policies and their ideology stems from Marxism the last thing that the Marxists want is any other source of dependency or comfort than themselves. And therefore, anything that references God, particularly as a savior, is anathema to them. Right, And they will continue to attack it. And you'll see the attacks ramping up uh, viciously as the election approaches. I
1: I think... um... That is a large part of it. I also think that the more they talk, the more we realize there's a total lack of biblical knowledge uh, when, when we see what the media has to say and in their interpretation of Christianity. But here's the bottom line, uh, Dr. Carson, and, and, and again, your exhibit A of this. If you're going to step into the arena and you're going to encourage Christians to engage and to allow their faith— To guide their vote, you just need to be prepared that the legacy media is going to come after you.
6: Uh, There's no question that they will. The way I kind of look at it, how long can they attack you and what can they do against the backdrop of eternity? (laughs) So it doesn't really worry me too much. I just need to make sure that I'm in the good graces of God. I don't care too much about whether I'm in the good graces of those who oppose God and God's agenda. Right, and, and that's... And it, it, courage, cur, courage is something that's so important to liberty because you cannot be the land of the free if you're not the home of the brave.
1: Absolutely, and, and that's where I think uh, as Christians, number one, Jesus warned us that these this was going to happen. He told us that there were at, when we came toward the end, there were gonna be those that hated us because they hated him. And exactly. there was going to be a lot of deception out there. And, and, and we needed to follow his teaching, follow the word, be in the word, understand the word, and be bold in standing up for it. I, I want to play another clip. This clip is from Vice President uh, Kamala Harris, who was on uh, The View uh, talking about the upcoming election and, and the crazies, right? Uh, play, play the clip of Kamala Harris. It's
5: unfortunate that um, that there are some who would deny fact or overlook it when, in fact, moving toward progress requires that we speak truth. <laughs>
1: um, I, I do believe we need to speak truth, but I'm not quite sure we're getting it from the Biden administration.
6: Well, uh, one thing I've noticed about that administration is whatever they accuse you of is what they're doing. Uh, projectionism completely. And you talk about not telling the truth. To sit there and and say until very recently that there's no problem at the border. We have complete control of that. And uh, when it reached the point where people were being sent from Texas and Arizona and other border states to New York and to Chicago and to various places, And you couldn't no longer deny that there was a problem, that it was facing everybody. That's the only way you ever get them to admit that there was anything going on. Right. Right. Um, But but see, they have the the media,
1: and and this is what folks need to understand, is the media is complicit with them. And so they're able to get away with these things, where the media during the, the, the Trump administration manufactured or... Okay, I'll I'll be a little generous. They they, they twisted things to make things appear that were not, as opposed to what they're doing with the Biden administration, are actually refusing to
6: cover things just so it's covered up. Well, you know, I I was a a victim of that when they said that I purchased a $31,000 dining room table while trying to cut the budget for poor people. And, of, of course, I never did. Purchase a, a $31,000 table. The whole dining room suit, which was 17 pieces, uh, cost $31,000. That's a big, big difference. One table which was just 17 pieces, which we never bought because, uh, you know, my wife in particular was upset about the prices of things. And she says, I know some wonderful consignment shops where you could get some quality stuff for a fraction of this cost. But the whole thing incited uh, an IG investigation, Inspector General investigation, that cost more than a million dollars of taxpayer money over a $31,000 supposed table that was that, never bought. That, that didn't exist. Uh, <laughs> it's but, but the media fueled
1: that. The, the media fueled that because it was a narrative that they wanted to talk about. But when you talk about exactly. real policy issues, like what's happening at the border, it, it's if it were not for conservative media outlets, it's just total crickets among the leftist media.
6: But I am actually encouraged by what I'm seeing with so many people not buying into the attempt by the left to use the Department of Justice to eliminate their political opponent. Yeah. Because if we allow them to succeed, America will never be the same again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, 100%. I've got this other clip I want to play of, of uh, Kamala Harris to get you to respond to it. Clip number nine. Now,
0: are, are you scared, first of all, what could happen if Trump ever became, God forbid, president again? And what are you going to do
5: to stop the crazies? I am scared as heck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which is why I'm traveling our country.
1: Uh, Is that why you're traveling the country as well? You know what is at stake in this election?
6: That's exactly the reason. Uh, You know, this is a critical election. We've already seen a massive uh, switch in the direction of our country just in the last three years. Uh, Imagine what another term of that kind of philosophy would do. Look at the chaos that's going on in the world. You know, we had a, a lot of peace initiatives with the Abraham Accords. Yeah, There was obviously some semblance of uh, camaraderie that was developing there, all destroyed. Uh, Putin was holding off. We've empowered him, quite frankly, with our energy policies, making his oil much more valuable and giving him the resources to carry on the kind of warfare that's going on with Ukraine almost indefinitely while draining our resources. China is being emboldened. Uh, you know chaos is prevailing because we show weakness rather than strength so dr carson you had a uh, a front row
1: seat you were a part of the cabinet of the last administration under the, in the trump administration you were there from the start um if let's just say that, that, that we were still we were in the second term of a trump administration do you think the world would be as it is today
6: no <laughs> I don't think any of the things that I just talked about would be going on. In addition to that, we would have continued developing our energy resources and we would be exporting large amounts of uh, liquid natural gas uh, to Europe and other parts of the world, uh, not only supplying their needs, but uh, helping to decrease our uh, budget deficits. And, uh I think we certainly wouldn't be entertaining all of this craziness that's going on in our school system, teaching children. I mean, I just feel bad for little kids today. The stuff that they're being exposed to, it was never meant to be. Right. And some of the books that we expose them to have things in them that would embarrass an adult looking right. at But But
1: uh, I, I, thanks for bringing that up, Dr. Carson, because y- you have... Probably more than than most an appreciation for education, public education, for the ability to to have books and read so when we when we we're talking about these things, obviously for the moral. Aspects we, we oppose these things, but if you are pushing all this crazy transgender nonsense and all this sexualization of our children, it has to supplant something else. So when they're doing this, they're not doing something that might actually lead to success, which you, again, you're exhibit A of what can happen when you have the opportunity for an education.
6: Well, in a recent uh, survey, it was discovered that 77% of high school students in Baltimore were only capable of reading at an elementary school level. Now, that's going to impact their lives. And we're seeing those kinds of statistics all over our country. And when we look at the, the multinational evaluations, we have a tendency to end up very close to the bottom, particularly in science and math. Uh, these are things that are going to hurt us. They already are hurting us. They will hurt us more in the future if we don't go ahead and deal with them. And, you know, let school be school. And, uh, but, you know, part of the problem, and we've talked about this uh, on your program before, is the breakdown of the traditional nuclear family, which is where values are generally passed on. Yeah. So unless we can get that back, uh, it's an uphill battle.
1: So, Dr. Carson, we just have a, a, about a minute and a half left. As as we move into this, uh, in earnest, the 2024 election cycle, as you—you you know, we've talked about a number of issues here, but what are the top three issues that you say, we, we have to get it right, we just have to get it right?
6: Well, we clearly are going to have to deal with the southern border, with— you know, just an open border with all kind of people coming in, including terrorists. And if the terrorists aren't coming here and planning something really bad, then they're guilty of terrorist malpractice. That's, big, that's a big one. And then the economy. We need to go back and, and, and understand what the underlying things are. You know, a lot of the economists like to say economy is just cyclical, uh, sort of like a sine wave up and down. It doesn't have anything to do with what's going on. That's not true. It has to do with the fact that sometimes we have people in office who know what they're doing and understand the economy, and sometimes we don't. And uh, so we need to deal with that. And then we need to bring back faith. Yeah. We need to bring God back into our society. That is the most important thing. The other things will fall in line if we do that. I, I think
1: period. you are 100% uh, correct. Dr. Ben Carson, we're out of time for today, but as always, great to see you, and thanks so much for joining us. it's too. Thank you, Tony. Dr. Ben Carson, to find out more, go to the website, TonyPerkins.com, and follow the links over. All right, folks, we're out of time for today, but thanks so much for joining us, and until next time, I leave you with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul, found in Ephesians 6, where he says when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, Prepared and taken your stand. By all means, keep standing.
0: Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported.